Gira can hit them. Did oh, what a goal by Zoltan Gira! And still Baptista, yes! It's Kavai, it's fantastic! One front, David Villa, great finish! He's done just that, he scored! Juninho's done it! Kubu making another glimpse of goal here! Hello and welcome to the Streets Won't Forget podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mountney, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts. Two men who this week helped Denver Bar bathe in a vat of strawberry syrup. It's Ben Woolley and Harry Martinez. Okay, so this might be the most visceral image you've given us for one of these so far. <laughs> I've heard it's good for your bones. I thought you'd enjoy it. What, strawberry that, syrup? Yeah, that man broke his leg. Instead of getting a cast, he just bathed in strawberry syrup. Yeah, if you're listening, kids, don't drink milk. It's not not enough calcium for your bones. Drink strawberry yeah. syrup. You can Better wear it you. like a like a like a suit, a suit of strawberry syrup. That's your new skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me! Moving on from that horrific image, uh, Andy Kaz of the week. I believe we've got quite a few contenders, but we have narrowed it down, Ben. Uh, we have, and it's something that. We just all love to see. So we're popping over to Germany briefly for the game yesterday between Bayern Munich and Bayer Leverkusen, who currently are beating out perennial champions Bayern to the league title. Helped in no part by a 3-0 win yesterday, spurred on by one particular player in Josip Stanisic, who scored the opening goal and extended Leverkusen's lead to five points at the top of the table. But the little twist in the tale here is he did so while being on loan from Bayern Munich. I love it. I love it. This is what football's all about. This is what football Utterly is all about. boiled the piss out of everyone to do with Bayern Munich. Tuchel was rattled in his interview. Thomas Muller was given it large in his interview on the pitch, which I never thought I'd see. You've even got Sade coming out and saying that Tuchel's turned Bayern into Chelsea. So it's all coming undone in the season where Kane has moved there to try and win a league title. Yeah, in uh, the wider context, Harry Kane bottling the Bundesliga by Munich is possibly the funniest thing I've ever seen. It is, is unbelievable. So for giving us this gem of footballing uh, history, he's our Andy Kaz of the Week. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Uh, Harry, I believe you've got a fact corner for us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have got a little fact corner for you. It's a fact. I'm talking about facts. I'd want to start us off with a player that we know I don't like, but he features twice in this little fact corner, and that is Eden Hazard. Did you know well, that on, he was... Hang on, what do you mean we don't like? You don't no, like? No, we know that I don't like. <laughs> I was okay. say that Dan and I think he's, you know, pretty good. I think he's our top draw, mate, yeah. Well, this yeah. that is unbelievable, right? He is the last Chelsea player to win a Premier League Player of the Month award. His last season was 2018-19. Oh, yes. Considering, considering the state they're in, that comes as absolutely no surprise. That's unbelievable. That's five years where they haven't had a Player of the Month. They don't deserve one. The other one is, he went he went 365 days without scoring a goal twice in his career, once at Chelsea and once at Real Madrid. To be fair, he also went 365 days without playing a game for Madrid. At Real Madrid, yeah, I know. So, <laughs> uh, here's a fact that I think we've had before, but I found something out about this. I actually went through and counted this. So, 
In the 89-90 La Liga season, Hugo Sanchez scored 38 goals for Real Madrid, all of which were one-touch finishes, right? I think we've had that before. However, I count, I've seen the video of all the goals he scored. I think there's about five that are inside the box. So about, about 30 of them are outside the box. Six of them are bicycle kicks. Four of them are volleys and six of them are free kicks. It's not even like he's just tapping them in. He's scoring screamers. Apply. Six bices in one season is That is fantastic. It's like a much Uh, better version of Eddie and Ketia. The fox outside the box. (laughs) Jose Mourinho holds the record for the lowest ball ball possession in the Champions League knockout game while still going through with 14% of possession. That is peak Jose. And I bet you could guess the game. I bet you could guess the game. Barcelona. Barcelona versus Inter, yeah. The 20... In the the final, final, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got another one for you here. Oh, we got one about... Harry Kane once played the match and had no touches for 90 minutes. That's just any England performance. What's the point of him being on the the team at that point? Was that yesterday against Bayer Leverkusen by any chance? (laughs) Yeah, mate. Um, the year that Messi scored 91 goals in 2012, Ronaldo had 130 more shots on target than him. I'm not sure if that's true, but if even I still, really I, can believe it it. I can believe I really it. I can believe it. Jesus. Uh, Zinedine Zidane never lost a final as manager. Eight out of eight finals won at Real Madrid. But also, like, I mean, it's obviously a it's great record, but I could get eight out of eight wins in that Madrid team. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Give the with, especially with Carriers helping you out. Yeah. Broad. Cristiano Ronaldo is the only player to score four hat-tricks against Atletico Madrid. And they were all whilst he was at Real Madrid. Let me guess, he had 130 shots trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ashley Cole won more Premier League titles at Arsenal than he did at Chelsea. I remember him being at Chelsea longer than Arsenal, but I don't know if that's because I was just younger no, when he was at I Arsenal. Think, yeah, I think he spent more years at Arsenal than he did at Chelsea. Unbelievable, that. And to round it off, this one is absolutely mind-blowing. Bruce once went 1,200 minutes without misplacing a pass. That is insane. That is absolutely mental. That is bonkers. Again, you probably would win something managing that Real Madrid team if he's not going to misplace a pass. (laughs) He's not misplacing (laughs) a single pass, yeah. What what buttons have I got to press on FM to get my sentiment to do that? To not misplace a single pass. That is unbelievable. (laughs) That is incredible. That's a good fat corner. I like that. You're welcome. It's a fact. I'm talking about facts. Well, do you remember a few weeks ago, Harry, you brought up um, a TikTok video video you'd watched about the 10 greatest moments in football history? With number one being a Mohamed El Nenny against Oxford. Yeah, and apart, apart from El Nenny's goal, we kind of agreed with it. Yeah. Well, I've decided to come up with a quick list of my own, and I wanted to see what you both thought on it. It is the top 10 streets won't forget Premier League moments of all time. I've spent the best part of this week collating this list. So uh, (laughs) hopefully this doesn't fall flat on its face. Yeah, I'm glad you've been busy. I do have some honourable mentions, okay? Okay. Uh, David James being stuck up front by Stuart Pearce at Man City. 100%. Fantastic, yeah. Deserves Um, a mention. Alan (laughs) Yeah, Alan Pardew headbutting David Myler. (laughs) I completely forgot about that, yeah. That combined with the nine-year yeah. contract also promotes him up there. Um, and 
Kieran Dyer and Lee Bowie are fighting on the pitch for Newcastle. What I also realised about this, do you remember the uh, Stephen Taylor handball where he blocks a shot that's going in and then pretends he's been hit in the chest? Yes, yes. <laughs> that was the same game as the, the Bowie Dyer fight. <laughs> yeah. That is it is that. a rare thing, though, because like, we see fights all the time, but to start scrapping with your own teammate is something special. Yeah, it really I mean, is. Just got that, that is true Newcastle, isn't it? Like, the, what they've got now is not true Newcastle. We know Newcastle from no. wanting to be a big club, but having absolute <laughs> cups playing for them. We want Steve Bruce back in charge, scrapping on the pitch. We want it all. <laughs> we want financial meltdowns. We want Michael Owen yeah, we on want top the, the entire the like. Doing it. The starting eleven is just the mo- the eleven most popular English names from that year. That's all you see. Yeah, and yet they were still captain <laughs> by Paul Dummett. Yeah. Well, here's the official top ten. We'll uh, we'll start with what I'm going to call Granite Xhaka versus the Emirates. When all of a sudden he had his <laughs> meltdown and uh, threw off the armband, the shirt, and told the fans to f- off. And then, as as an aside to that, the obvious redemption arc. Are you gonna Are you gonna ten. shed a tear when he lifts the trophy for Leverkusen? No, I'm. Well, it's it shed a tear of happiness for him. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. Which is I'll something I'm gonna to see, given how bad it got oh, during yeah, the fallout. I, I was expecting his contract to be torn up that day. Yeah, like, yeah. Number nine, I've gone for John Walters' disaster class. When he scored, uh, <laughs> was it an own goal and missed two penalties or two own goals and missed the penalty? Two own goals and missed penalty. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. That's at number nine. Patrick for the ages. Eight, yes, eight is Stephen Gerrard's 38-second red card uh, against Man United. Oh, oh yes. final was, game was, against Man United. Was that his final game at Anfield or was it his final game at Old Trafford? It was one or the two, wasn't it? And it, he, no, it was his final game against off. Man United at Anfield. Yeah. He came on at half-time and got sent off in 38 seconds with Stamford <laughs> and <laughs> Unbelievable. So that's at eight. Number at seven, point, I've got At that with... point, would we not have guessed that his managerial career was going to go the way it did? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just things to come. What do you mean? Oh. He had a blinder at Rangers and is definitely not smashing it in Saudi Arabia. No, definitely not. I definitely didn't at Villa. At number seven, we actually discussed this a few weeks ago, Emmanuel Adebayor's pitch-long celebration against Arsenal. It is possibly the purest moment of shithousery you will ever see. Like, if you had to distill it down to a single moment, that is it. I think that would only happen in the Premier League as well. Like, he wouldn't do that in Germany or, or Italy or anything like that. I think he'd only do that in the Premier League. Like, the fans. Well, you wouldn't would do it in Italy because wild. they'd kill you. You wouldn't do it in Scotland in the old firm because they'd kill you. Yeah. <laughs> France doesn't have. He was not dead. Oh, oh, no, sorry. The PSG Ultras would get you in France. You can't do it there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And the Germans are far too sensible. Yeah. Before we go into the top five, just missing out at number six is uh, Louis van Gaal's fall against Arsenal. Oh, so yeah. Good. So good. Was that the same time he was also stuck on calling Chris Smalling Mike Smalling? That whole reign is just comedy gold from start to finish. <laughs> oh, it is. So good. Mike He's still Smalling. in jail. The court well, put him there. Yeah, the court put him there. <laughs> oh, him, and Paul, him, Paul Scholes, and the entire Liverpool Champions League squad from 2005 <laughs> are sharing a cell. Yeah, especially Jersey Dudek. He's trying to edge out the cell ever so slightly. 
I'd forgotten about the streets won't forget caught and thought I just missed something massive in football the other week. Being like, when did Louis Van Gaal get arrested? <laughs> well, Van Gaal and Danny Alves are going to prison this week, mate. Yeah, you missed a lot. <laughs> yeah, the prison 11 needed a manager. In he goes. <laughs> are, we, are we happy with this list so far? Yeah, yeah I'd say it's pretty yeah. good. Okay, okay. Into the top five. Sam Allardyce laughing at Chico Flores after he dived against <laughs> West Ham. Yes. It's <laughs> just big Sam moment. all over, isn't it? It really is. Like you know, you know how um, they had uh, Bielsa had the bucket to sit on. I reckon if Big Sam had a bucket, it'd just be filled to the brim with Bovril. No, it'd be a KFC bucket, one hundred percent. Bucket of wine, bucket of wine. Give it to him. Oh yes. But number four, Balotelli with the "Why Always Me" shirt. The day after he set his bathroom on fire with fireworks and in the <laughs> Manchester derby where they won 6-1. Unbelievable <laughs> moment. Unbelievable. I do appreciate him getting into the, like, the, the result in his biggest game for his team and still finding a way to make it about him. Incredible. Yeah. You wonder why always me. <laughs> why always him? Why always him? <laughs> At number three, I've gone for Delia Smith, Where Are You, Lesby Avenue. Iconic. Yes. It is iconic. If that spreads across, like if you, if I mention to someone that I'm an Irish fan, the first thing they'll say to me is, "Where are you? Let's be having you." <laughs> the best football supporters in the world. Every <laughs> single pro club session at some point will go, "Where are you? Let's be having you." That's a, God, I, I'd, I'd say, I'd say that was a contender for number one. As is number two, Bill Brown's team talk on the pitch. Yeah, it's City, iconic. This against Man City, yeah. and then obviously the uh, the the ensuing moment where Jimmy Bullard recreated it when he scored a year later. Unbelievable! You can only imagine the like nuclear apocalyptic fume that you'd have as a manager if you see your players taking the piss out of you in their celebration. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, I'd love to know where Phil Brown is nowadays. I remember he went down to like South End after he was at Briggs. Hull. Where is he? Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that. Um, Number one, and I think I think it's pro- pretty obvious what this is going to be. Darren Bent and the beach ball goal for Sunderland against Liverpool. Yes. It's yes. Superb. Have superb. you ever seen that happen before or since anywhere in the world? No. No. I think, that is I a think one of a is... kind moment in history. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. This has got to be partnered up with the uh, the chase question where it was like, what's just stop, thinking uh, that? What, what assisted Dan the ice cream old, van. The ice cream van. <laughs> the ice cream van was great in the 08-09 season, to be fair to it. So. <laughs> Scored more than Anthony. Well, that's your top 10. I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed. Oh, it was yeah, good. Well well played. Is, is there well, anything you would have included that I didn't? Oh, there's probably so much, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there's loads. There is absolutely loads that we could have mentioned here. You know, William Gallas crying on the pitch comes up for me as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Like, Maybe that, that was 50. iconic. I reckon we could easily do a top <laughs> 50, to be fair. We'll compile the official list for worldwide reference. Like uh, uh, the story I told you about Ashley Westwood having to bring his own tea bags when he played south of Birmingham because he always had a <laughs> cup of tea at half time. Like, unbelievable. Oh, I'd probably put um, Pizzagate in there. Oh, yeah. Definitely Cesc Fabregas loving the slice of pizza at Alex Ferguson in the tunnel. Alex Ferguson saying that he could have killed the lad. Yeah. 
when Ashley Williams bolted it. Yeah. yeah, bolted the ball. Oh yeah. Head. I think the thing about Pizzagate is it, it, it's like a Monday mystery as well. For years, nobody knew who was responsible for throwing that pizza, and then Seth yeah. Fabregas outs himself in a podcast. Like brilliant. Brilliant. You say no one knew. I think everyone knew it was Fabregas, just no one could prove it. Yeah. Wooly, when you mentioned the um the Tory, Tory absolutely yeah. smacking <laughs> the ball into that kid's face. I can <laughs> still see the shot. I can still see it in my mind's eye. It's brilliant. I yeah, it's always the forehead. That lino that got stretched off after someone sly tackled the corner flag and it caught him in the face and he had to get stretched off and you're like, mate, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> the Prem is just filled with gold. Honestly, love it. Uh, just, just a quick disclaimer before we uh, continue the episode. I, I have, a, a couple of weeks ago, it got edited, edited out of the episode because it didn't really make a lot of sense, but I was watching Man United Tottenham during the podcast and giving you live updates. And obviously we did the episode a few weeks later, so it made very little sense, so it wasn't included. <laughs> well, I am currently watching Arsenal West Ham, so we will be getting live updates throughout, and they will be uh... included this week. Have you got Woolies John Motson coat on? <laughs> I hope not. That should be downstairs. <laughs> I've snuck around and stolen your coat. Anyway, let's move on to the main part of the episode. And we, we have a motto with this podcast. You have to be a little bit But what about those who are than the We're going to honour them this week with players who definitely should never be in the streets when we forget Hall of Fame. Who would like to start us off? I can start us off this week. Go on then. Who have you got for us? So, I've almost got the inverse of what we normally do here. Because my guy is, outside of his spell in England, kind of just a solid player. And you know, normally we talk about that brief spell where all of a sudden they became incredible to watch and they never recreated (laughs) that form. Yeah, this is the other way around, in that he moved to England and dropped one of the stinkiest performances I've ever seen for like a month and then never played here again. Because I bring you this week none other than Massimo Taibi. Gotta get a shout. Gotta get a shout. Do you know what's good about him? Pajama wearing goalkeeper. Yes, boy. We love a pajama wearing goalkeeper. We don't really talk about goalkeepers much on this podcast. So unless I thought it's about time wearing. Get, unless they get unless they wear pajamas. It's about time they got a moment in the sun. Unfortunately, I've picked probably the worst one they could have put forward. <laughs> so Taibi starts his career out in Italy. He kind of moves around a little bit before spending about five years at Piacenza, where he's a solid, reliable keeper. They move him on to Milan and Venezia, and then he gets touted by Manchester United. Ferguson brings him in after an injury to uh was it Mark Bosnich, I think, was their starter I at the time? They had, they had three keepers that were all injured at the same time. Yeah. And they had to get someone in. He, then, he turns up, and he, I think he plays four times for United, so you know how this is going to go. The first game was actually pretty solid. I think he made a number of saves. They went on to win. But the signs were there because he let in an absolute howler. I think Sammy Hivia put it over his head, and he just did nothing about it. And then... It kind of all unravels. Oh, the because... big clanger. The big clanger I remember was against Southampton. I was going to say, he, he plays in the Champions League, doesn't do too much, and then they play him against Southampton. <laughs> and he lets one. through one of the worst shots I've ever seen. 
from Matt Letissier to the point where afterwards he was nicknamed the Blind Venetian, which is a great name. <laughs> it's a wonderful name. What a great name. What a great name. After this, this is the third game of his Man United career. After this, he plays one more time. They lost 5-0 to Chelsea, and it was United's first league defeat since, like, December the previous year. And then after this, United are done with him. I think Ferguson said he wanted him to stay in time. He was absolutely not. The fans hated him. He off back to Italy and kind of just goes back to being a solid player. Like, he doesn't do too much wrong. I think he ended his career with, like, the ninth most penalty saves in Italy. Like, throughout the history of their league. That is crazy. So it was, he's got some ability to him. But for, like, a month, he came to the Premier League, absolutely the bed, and then just pissed off again. I imagine there's quite a big, uh, it's quite a big task to go from, you know, you you're playing Serie A, you know, you're a steady keeper, and then you've got to move to treble winning Manchester United as their emergency goalkeeper. Like the pressure he must have been under would have been unreal. Yeah, especially when your vision is the same level as Stevie Wonder's. <laughs> <laughs> it it well, should have been stating well, that Milan sold him without him playing a game the first time. Yeah, I that don't know what United were thinking. Yeah, where it bobbles over his hand is probably up there in terms of worst goalkeeper mistakes of all time. The other one I put up there is Paul Robinson against Croatia, where Gary Neville rolls the ball back to him, it hits the bobble and bounces. Oh over yeah, his yeah. yeah. Those are the two that I that I think of the most. I think of goalkeeper mistakes. You know, obviously, everyone we talk about on this podcast is miles and miles ahead of us in terms of ability. But I watch that goal and I'm like, I could do that. So that's how yeah, I know I, it must be a shocker. As a distinctly average goalkeeper myself, would I have saved it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's no power on it whatsoever. Like, it's just trickling along the floor. It's, it, somehow, he's managed to surround the ball and yet let the perfect tunnel for it to go through him and into the back of the net. Like, it's so funny. Well, what I love about this as well is you always, like, when you're a new signing at a club, you always get this like grace period where you're in the manager's good books. He's going to play you just because you're the new guy. And for Tybee, this lasted like a week. It's fantastic. How yeah. bad do you have to be? I reckon if you asked Matt Letizia about that goal now, he'd say that Tybee had had the COVID vaccine and that's why he let it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the birds, mate. The birds that the government ordered <laughs> were putting him off. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Let's not go down the Matt Letizia Oh, goodness me. Taibi oh, God. because he's a government drone is what we're saying here. <laughs> he was em- employed by the government to let Matt Letizia try and get a move away from Southampton. I can't describe my absolute shock this week when I saw Joey Barton and Matt Letizia play golf together. Who would have seen that come? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you love to be just listening in on the kind of things they'd have to say on that round of golf. No, honestly, I think I'd like no. to be the golf ball so I can leave that scenario as quickly as possible. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a great shout. Taibi's, I think, forgotten in terms of absolute Premier League rotters just because it's yeah. only four games. Yeah, I think it's, it's a telling sign of how bad you are, though, where you're so bad you're dropped after less than a month's worth of games. Well, I've gone for the, the opposite. What more do I need to say than this? Victor Inichibi, striker, 13 Premier League seasons, <laughs> 204 games, 26 goals. Yeah, that, is that's poor. that is poor. That is a record is of a goal every eight games. For a striker, that is f- appalling. Yeah, he wasn't what's, great. 
What's great about this is we'll get onto it in a second because obviously he didn't stay as a striker his whole career. He was so bad as a centre forward, I forgot he was one. Yeah. Yeah, How he was. was poor. he allowed to play 13 seasons in the Premier League with that record? Because he was at Everton. They are just thriving on depression. So you have to play a yeah. striker that doesn't <laughs> score. And look at what's happening to David Moyes as we speak. He's getting battered by Arsenal. Deserved. And he's loving it. Matt, he's probably loving it. He's going to bring on Victor and HB in a minute. You watch. <laughs> The thing oh. is that about Nietzsche is it's, it's not only that he didn't score, he just kind of didn't do anything. Like no. he, There was no strength to him on the pitch that could excuse his poor goal-scoring record. This is, this is what I remembered. When, when Dan said he was using Victor and Nietzsche, I remember obviously he moved on from... I, th- I don't know whether he moved from Everton to Sunderland, but anyway, he, en- he ended up at West he Brom. He went to West Brom first. Yeah, he ended up at West Brom when they had Tony Pulis in charge. And I thought it was a stroke of genius for two games when Tony Pulis stuck a Nietzsche at CDM until they realised, I think they lost 6-1 maybe, and and (laughs) Victor and Nietzsche was never played again. Of course you think it's genius. It's your classic move of playing a striker in a defensive role. To be fair, if he's not scoring and he's quite big, stick him further back. I mean, that's why Everton liked him so much, is because you can lump a ball to him. He just wouldn't do anything with it when it got there. He's just a bigger Calvert-Lewin. He's a less injury-prone Calvert-Lewin. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm sure Victor <laughs> needs to be, was either injured or not picked for half of his career. I think with that goal-scoring record, it's probably not picked. Because why would you, you pick Imagine, him? like, you're losing in a, in a game and you look to your bench to try and drag you out of the rut and the man you see waiting is Victor needs to be. It's Victor needs to be. As, as a manager, I'm off down the tunnel. That. I'm not even bothering. There's no hope. It's not even the fact, like, he obviously, what, like, Sunderland and West Brom, what are they seeing in order to go out and buy him? After the spells at Everton, West Brom, and Sunderland, he went to, uh, and this is a wonderful team name, Beijing Enterprises Group in the second division of China. Did he find his level? Did he? F- he got two goals in 11 games. No. In the second <laughs> division of China. No, to be fair, it's a better goal scoring record than the Prem. So, but how has he got? How is he still playing in the Prem and then going to second division China? You're thinking, right, he might actually score a few, and he doesn't. Well, maybe they were playing at CDM still. True. When the teams who will throw money at literally anyone if they played in the Prem don't want you, you're probably a bit. Do you remember he had that? awful tweet as well where he said something he, he was putting the post up and he's obviously giving it to his media agency and he oh, goes, yeah. can you tweet something like this and they put the can you tweet something like this in the yeah. tweet he was like yeah. great to see the fans today sorry we couldn't get the result can you tweet something like this please <laughs> there's a whole yeah, result ranked, to take but we go again just below the Jolie and Lescott car tweet <laughs> <laughs> it's a good shout Victor and HB it is a great shout Right, who have you got then? Can you come as strong as Massimo Taibi and Victor and HB? I think this name will be alien to you until I until after about five seconds you go, oh my god. I've gone with Aston Villa's Jean McCoon. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Absolute <laughs> Obviously, he signed from Leon for Aston Villa because Gerard Houllier was the boss at, at you know uh, at Villa at the time and he used to be at Leon. They signed him for six point two million. Uh, it took him, firstly, two weeks to get the work permit to go through. So you know there was going to be trouble there to start with. Uh, made his Prem debut against Wigan in, in, on the 25th of Jan, 2011. Uh, on the 12th of Feb, he got the first of two red cards he got in his appearances after a tackle on Blackpool's DJ Campbell, also a name that should be mentioned. Uh, 
after the match, McCoon received a three-match ban. Uh, when he returned from sus- suspension, he spoke out saying that he was shocked to believe the length of his suspension. He then played against uh, a defeat against uh, Black Country rivals Wolverhampton Wanderers on the 19th of March. He then, after that, got sent off again. So he's been sent off twice. He's got two red cards in seven Premier League appearances and he made no appearances for the rest of the season. He then gets to the end of the 2010-11 season, you know, not really that good in, in the pecking order. Then Gerard Houllier leaves. He plays one game in the League Cup game against Hereford United. And then come January again, he doesn't get his, uh, his work permit and he decides to move on. Now, that is the story of Jean McCoon. It is shocking. Cameroonian Roy Keane. That is awful. <laughs> it's very impressive to get sent off in a third of the games you play for your team. Like, yeah. Two red cards in seven Premier League appearances, then you make one appearance after that against Hereford, and then you don't get a work permit. <laughs> that is oh, shocking. yes. That is your Prem I'd, I'd career. Re- I'd remembered the name, but I hadn't quite remembered how bad his time at Villa was. That's what I mean. He's almost so bad that he is actually forgotten. Like, he didn't drop clangers. He just, he wasn't on pitch long enough for you to remember how bad he was. <laughs> I tell you, you can't fault the impact he made on a game, though. To know that he's going <laughs> on and getting sent off. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting a boring match if he's playing. I just, I, it is one of the stories. I always remember him. Like, if you ever went Villa on, on Football Manager around that time, you had to sell him because he wasn't going to get a work permit. So you <laughs> had to sell him. My, my I get a red be, card. Did Aston Villa actually apply for a work permit? Did they just say, F- it, he's not yeah. even worth Oh, sorry, mate. You can't get through. Oh, you'll have to move oh, on. The, the, the fax machine is oh. broken again. Oh, it's oh. been suspended. Can you, can you appeal the decision? No, we don't have the money to do that. I'm really sorry. Sorry. I mean, Maybe that's what he was getting sent off. The fines that he paid to the club, he was hoping they'd spend on renewing his work permit. That is a bold way to get yourself a work permit. <laughs> like, you know, it's bad when they loaned him out to Olympiacos and they didn't want him. They, they only played him 19 times in total. Doesn't say how many cards he got, but I guarantee you got a red card. Then he went to Stad Ren and he played for their second team for a couple of months. And then they actually thought, you know what, we'll buy him permanently. Worst decision they made. This changes the game. This, he's not fit for this list. Get him out. Bring someone else. John McCoon has won the Intertoto Cup. Oh, he has oh, with no. Lille. Oh, you've made a right in two thousand and four with Lille. Oh, you've had a. You know what means? He hasn't won it with a Prem club though. No, get him in the Hall of Fame. Don't care. Get him yeah. in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Immediate <laughs> membership granted. He didn't need a work permit for this. Way too good for the list. Two thousand four. It's, it's interesting how we've, how we've gone for the opposite end of the scale. You two went for players that didn't make double figure appearances in the Premier League. I went for a bloke who made 204. <laughs> I didn't do anything in any of them. Yeah, yeah. you really should. I have went been for there. longevity. You went for that short spell of uh, awfulness. It was poetic in a way, because normally we're sitting there going, he was so good for such a small number of games. And they were like, he was so sh- for such <laughs> a small number of games. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Well, Sorry, but two we're red cards and seven in, appearances but... is definitely worth a mention as one of the worst players in the Premier League. Yeah, but but was he on the pitch long enough to show how bad he was? It's five! Go the <laughs> Stadium! What's great is that he's going to have to cut this out again. So all we're going to hear is, but was he on the pitch for long enough to... Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
Oh. Saka has scored. It's five. Come on. <laughs> oh, he's in my fantasy team. It is now. There's a goal at the London Stadium, but for who, Chris Kamara? Oh, yeah, I forgot it's the London Stadium. The goal at West Ham's rented home. <laughs> oh, we can't see. We're still trying to get over the running track. No, mate, they, they can't afford to buy a house in London. Are you stupid? I think that's a fair point. Exactly, yeah, mate. Fair enough. Playing in somebody's back garden. <laughs> well, I think that was three truly awful players. Uh, like, John McCoon, I think, maybe tops it for me because I'd completely forgotten about him. If, let's say next weekend, right? You're, you've taken over manager of your favourite team. You have a space left on the team sheet. You have to fill it with one of these three. Who are you picking? It's got to be Taibi. Like, it, at some point, he was for decent. Pajama bottoms. <laughs> yeah, at some point, <laughs> yeah. he was decent. Oh, it's just for the pajama bottoms. That I need to be a won't get a work permit. Norwich obviously being in the champ, you don't have that problem. What, Ooh. work permit? No, not playing in the Prem. I think it's got to be an each of you. Because he's but at least, like, if your goalkeeper you've lost. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. If a Nietzsche doesn't score, someone else might. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have a centre forward we can play around than ten men or no goalkeeper. But he yeah. showed he showed where he could have been good. Like, a Nietzsche was never good. Not even in the second division of China. Because I'm curious where his 20 goals came from. But they all like consolation and a 6-1 loss. No, someone's kicked the ball at him from a corner and has gone in. He's not kicked it in, it's bounced off him. Yeah, exactly. Right, the, mo the most goals he got in a Premier League season was uh, six goals in 26 games in 2012-13. In 2011-12, he only played 12 games and got five goals, which honestly isn't a bad record. But no, that's pretty good. The rest of the time in China. Awful. Oh my God, He's... it's six! Declan oh, yeah. Rice! It's six! <laughs> His goal-scoring <laughs> record is still better than Cameron Jerome's, though. Oh, I don't nah, know. Hero, not, not overall, but in that one season, we got three or whatever it was. I think he got five that season, so I think that is the same. So hey, He's as good across an entire season as Victor Inichibi is in 12 games, is what we're learning yeah, from this. Aaron Jerome is currently at one of our favourite clubs, Bolton, so leave him out of this. <laughs> hey, we're a Brighton podcast here, mate. We don't have time to be Bolton fans. We're both. Oh, yeah, there you are. Three goals and 34 appearances he got that season. Three goals in 34 games. You know what, Wally, that's not even the worst. His best tally was for Stoke, where he got four in 23 appearances. <laughs> he got two for Palace in 28 games. I forgot he was at Palace. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, no, I lie. He got 11 in 32 when he was at Birmingham. Oh, a goal every three games. Love it. That's better than the each of them. Yes, no, it is. God <laughs> almighty. Oh, dear. And each of you and up front, the safest place to stand is in the goal. You'd have Taibi then. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> no, because yeah, I'd have Taibi and I'd still somehow lose. <laughs> There'd be a back pass from my own centre half. Well, for the quiz this week, we had Eliminator a few weeks ago, and it is back. The rules are fairly simple. One life each, of course, and you're going to take turns naming me players who received a vote in the 2007 Ballon d'Or. This is tough. Harry, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I'll have Kaka, please. You. You. <laughs> Kaka with 445 votes, and the winner of the Ballon d'Or that year is, of course, a correct answer. 
<laughs> yeah, well, we were sitting there going, well, we know the top one, and that's probably the last uh, solid bet we've got. Well, the top three is fine. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll keep going with what I think is the top three and say Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo with 277 votes. It was in second place. Correct answer. Uh, third, I think, was Lionel Messi. Up until when Modric won Ballon d'Or, this was the last player to win a Ballon d'Or against Ronaldo and Messi, which is unbelievable. It's Lionel true. Messi with 255 votes is in third place. That is a correct answer. Can you go for fourth place? I find it highly unlikely considering the name I'm looking at. It's <laughs> not Cameron Jerome, is it? <laughs> Victor and each of me. <laughs> yeah, the, the top five. The, t- the top six is Kaká, Ronaldo, Messi, Taibi, and each of me. Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry with seven votes is the correct answer. Got seven. Uh, I'm trying to go a bit more safe. I'm going to go with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan Ibrahimovic with 31 votes was in seventh place. Okay. Correct answer. Seventh place with 31. I mean, Kaka did get 445. Yeah, no, I mean, so it's a fair thing. Um, 2007. Drogba? Didier Drogba. With 108 votes is in fourth place. What? That's the correct answer. Um, I will have Wayne Rooney. Sorry, did you say Drogba was in fourth? Drogba was in fourth with 108 votes. Hell. 108. Wayne Rooney. With four votes is on the list. That is a correct answer. I feel like every big name in Europe got at least one. Uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> there is one name on this list. I genuinely don't know who he is. And there's one that I couldn't believe got a vote. Unbelievable. It, like, I didn't think he was playing at this time, let alone getting a Ballon d'Or vote. Surely someone voted for Gerard. Steven Gerard. With 17 votes is a correct answer. Oh. See, I, I think they have their favourites who so they just vote every year for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean... Your local press, everyone in up yeah. north voted for Gerard. So I'm going to go with Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho, with one vote more than Gerard, with 18, is a correct answer. Oh, bad. <laughs> yeah, who were the Madrid press voting for? Uh... Mm, Ica Casillas? That's not a bad shout. Ica That's Casillas. not a bad shout. With three votes is a correct answer. <laughs> All the ones where I'm like, yeah, this should be like a solid like twenty votes or something. Oh, I'll have Francesco Totti. Oh, Francesco nice. Totti. Post World Cup. With twenty votes is a correct answer. Nice. 
Hmm. Oh seven. This is risky, but well, I mean one vote maybe. Because I'm going to say Fabregas. Says Fabregas. In eighth place with 27 votes. Wow. 27? Yep. Uh, I'm going to stick with my theme and I'll go with... um, I'll go with Andrea Perlo. Andrea Perlo. I'm trying to think around 2007 here. Yeah. In fifth place with 41 votes. Correct okay, answer. I didn't think you'd be that high. Um... Gianluigi Buffon. Actually, he's caught on. He's caught on. He knows what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Gianluigi Buffon. Seven votes. That is a correct answer. Right, I think right, this might alive. be my final one, but I'm going to go with Fabio Cannavaro. Fabio Cannavaro obviously won the Ballon d'Or the year before, but did he get a vote in 2007? Golly. He got five votes. That is a correct answer. Jesus. What, Navas or Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> if either gets a vote, I'll be stunned. Gabby. <laughs> um, who's in that Milan team? Yeah, I think you might be right going down that route. Yeah, Clarence Sador. Clarence Seydorf. Seven votes. Correct answer. Oh. So I'm struggling. I'll have Samuel Eto. Samuel Eto. One vote. That is the correct no. answer. Oh, Milan mm. won the won the Champions League, didn't they? Yeah, but the voting for this is done before they won it. But surely you're looking at that team and going, wow, they're insane. Um, I'm torn between the two centre-halves. Paolo Maldini. Paolo no, Maldini with eight votes is a correct answer. I will. I'm not going to take the other centre half. I don't think he's in there. I'm going to go with Gennaro Gattuso. Gennaro Gattuso. Seven votes. Correct answer. Oh. Filippo Inzaghi. Forgot about Inzaghi. Filippo Inzaghi. Born offside. 12 votes. That is a correct answer. Don't know if he was there. I'll go with Rubinho. Rubinho. 
24 votes. That is a correct answer. Was he at Milan? 24? It was at Real Madrid at this point, I think. Oh, yeah, and then he moved to City. 24? We kind of forget how good he must have been. Yeah, probably due to some off-field incidents. And the fact he was on-field for City. I yes. mean, there is that. Raul. Raul. Surely, I think that's a good shout. It was nominated, but got oh, zero no. votes. That is an incorrect answer. Harry is our winner. Do I have to say one to win, or...? You went first, didn't you? Yes, I did. If you'd like to say one to win, go for it. But I think we're going to count it as your win anyway, since you went first. Rude Van Nistelrooy? Oh, Rude yeah. Van Nistelrooy. At the time, he was class for Madrid, wasn't he? Yeah. 39 votes. Okay, I didn't think he'd be that high. That is ludicrous. He was in sixth place. He's stolen all of Raul's <laughs> votes. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, you are our winner. Would you like to see some of the names he didn't get? Yes. Please. There were five players that you didn't get with a single vote. Robin Van Persie, Carlos Tevez, Ryan Giggs, Dimitar Berbatov, and Guillermo Ochoa. <laughs> well, this is pre the World Cup where he was class as well. This is 2007. Which, I don't know which Mexican journalist voted for yeah, Ochoa? Absolutely. On, the only man on two votes is Yunis Mahmoud. Oh, oh, I remember this guy. He was the Iraqi, wasn't he? That he played he was, for. He was an Iraqi international who played for Al Garafa at the time. Yes, I remember he getting two votes. I just remember the story because it came out. Remember when someone nominated um, one of the Scottish players? Was it something Ball? Or was it? It wasn't James Ball. He's a former Stevens player, but they nominated him oh, for God knows for the Ballon d'Or. There's like all these lists of players and some bloke in the second league of Scottish football. <laughs> Uh, on three votes, there was another goalkeeper alongside Sias, Rogerio Sheni. Oh, oh fair. Free kick taking goalkeeper. I've got beef with uh, him after a uh, football manager. The next one up the list you didn't get was another goalkeeper, Petr Cech, with seven. Oh, of course. Bronk Ribery got 10. Okay. Danny wow. Alves got 14. Juan Roman Riquelme got 15. Wow. And the player with the most votes that you missed with 19 was Freddie Canute. No Ooh. way! Joe, I thought you there were going to say Michael Essie in there. I just had a feeling that yeah. he would be in it. I actually did miss out Michael Essie off that list. He got five votes. Oh, did he good win? For him. The players who got zero votes but were put forward were Eric Abidal, David Beckham, Deco, Mamadou Diara, Miroslav Closer, Diego, Florent Maluda. Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricardo Caresma, Raul, which you said, Ben, Paul Scholes, Luca Toni, Colo Torre, Fernando Torres, and David Villa. What, what on that list is Streets won't forget as hell. This is. Yeah. <laughs> like, how has that bloke from Iraq got two votes and then you've got Yunus someone like... Yunus Mahmoud got more votes than David Villa and Fernando that, Torres. It, that is unbelievable. Who then went on to win yeah. Euros a year later? That, the list of players who got zero votes would probably win the Champions League. Like it's it's almost like the Ballon d'Or voters are complete and utter sham. Did you say Shinsuke Nakamura as well? 
I believe yeah, he did. Zero yes. votes. Yes. To be fair, I don't know if that's the year he scored two free kicks against United. I imagine it probably was the year he did that. Yeah. Yeah. If scoring two free kicks gets you a Ballon d'Or vote, then James Ward Prowse is winning it this year. <laughs> what do you think we'd have to do to get on the, the voting list for the Ballon d'Or? Know a journalist like Dan Mountney. Yeah, we need to know a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you. All right. <laughs> you. <laughs> that was another episode of the Streets Won't Forget podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, please give us a five-star rating and a follow on Spotify. It really helps us out. And you can follow us on social media. The Twitter is at SWF underscore pod. And you can also follow us on TikTok and Instagram, Streets Won't Forget Podcast. And if you've got anything you want to tell us, your favourite Premier League player ever, what did you think of our top 10 Premier League Streets Won't Forget moments? You can tell us via email. It is the Streets Won't Forget Podcast at gmail.com. Boys, thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure as always. Have a good week, mate. Oh, I will, mate. Oh, Don't yes. you worry. We'll see you I'm next week. I'm waiting for him to say it's seven. <laughs> <laughs>